Hi, I'm Kendall Gilding, and this is my 30 minutes with Matt Sinclair. Maddie is best known as the lovable Queenslander from season eight of MasterChef in 2016, the star cook with piercing blue eyes who made it all the way to the final. After the show, he opened a restaurant called Some Young Guys at Sunshine Beach near Noosa. And if you are familiar with the much-loved modern Asian eatery, then you'd know it's so popular, it's almost impossible to get a booking. He's worked with big-name brands like India BMW, Cobram Estate, and even been an ambassador for Tourism Queensland. Matt won't feel comfortable with me saying this, but he's gone on to celebrity chef status. The humble local hero whose mouth-watering food means people will travel just to taste it. He's got a devoted audience with 155,000 Instagram followers, all soaking up the family vibes and salivating at his insane cooking skills. Seriously, follow him. The food is out of control. But there's more to his success story than just a lucky break on reality TV. You'll have to stick around to find out why. Here's my 30 minutes with Matt Sinclair. Matt, welcome. It's a pinch me moment to finally be sitting down with you. You've been working on this catch up for a couple of weeks now. So welcome to my 30 minutes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. We're sitting down in some young guys and I'm curious, do you ever sit back and look at what you've created here? It's it's early in the morning, so there's no one around, but yep. do you get to look around and feel a sense of pride or a, accomplishment? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a hard thing to explain to people and they, they think it's a bit of a throwaway line when you say like, most days, um, you have that moment where you're, where you're like, uh, you know, you feel that incredible pride. And you can uh, listen to the dining room at night when you're in the kitchen, you hear it thumping. Um, there really is no better feeling. Hospitality is such a funny thing because you spend so much time in the kitchen well before anyone's even here for people to come at 5pm and after to actually enjoy what you've spent the whole day working on. I guess it's it's the the beauty of the industry, you know, and it's it's what we what we aim for. We we're here to uh, you know create moments for people. People generally come out if they're they're celebrating, they're catching up, they're socialising. Uh, all really special moments in people's lives, and for us to yeah be be labouring away to make things happen to try to polish things as much as possible before they get here, um, both in the dining room and in the kitchen, um, and then to try and execute good evenings and good experiences for people is. Uh, you know, it's it's high on the list of things that we aim for. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a very special uh, place to be within the community. Look, most people will know you from your time on MasterChef. You were an early favourite. You made it all the way to the final on your season. You were just pipped at the post. I'm wondering, did coming second help you? Do you think it spurred you on? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'll never forget... Uh, I, I think the the immediate feeling of, of the the disappointment, the frustration, uh, the the what ifs, um, all of that sort of starts to flood in. And then soon after, uh, I think getting back out into the the real world, it really spurred me on to be like, okay, I've, I really need to get out here and uh, start setting goals and, and kicking them at the same time. Um, and I just, it was just a full attack. <laughs> I just got out and, uh, and just went for it. And really, in all honesty, in the past five years, Nelly, I haven't really stopped. You talk about disappointment. What was that moment like? Is it, does it take a while to digest? Uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 a lot to take in. I think when you're in that environment, it's a very um, very sheltered environment, you know. So you don't have a lot of um, a lot of stimulus coming from the external world. You don't have a lot of uh, touch with your family and your friends. It's a very obviously high pressure, high stress. Uh, and after six or seven months of it, it starts to to take its toll. And then to get to uh, the finish line, essentially, and and just have it slip away, uh, it was it was pretty tough to digest. Yeah. You're obviously very passionate about food and, and what you do. And I, I've read a quote of yours where you say, you can't describe a passion for food. It's something you have to feel. And what is it about food that captivates you so much? Oh, it's, it's exactly that. It's the feeling I get when I'm uh, cooking it, when I'm reading about it, when I'm eating it, when I'm talking about it. Um, when I'm looking at produce, everything, it's all encompassing. And it's, I, I, uh, you know, I get that feeling on so many different levels and it's only when you sit down and have a chat with a a fellow food nerd and someone that's so passionate about it and that understands it, um, you know, that they, they get it. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly something deep within that's uh, been acquired over many, many years of, of having a love for it. I love that really it's almost what you've been called and made to do and you've been able to find that and tap into it and get yep. to make a career out of it. I, um, one, of my, one of my favourite ever quotes is uh, there's the two most important days in your life and it's the day you're born and the day you find out why. Um, and that's truly how I feel about being in the kitchen and, and doing what I get to do. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an absolute blessing to have discovered that. It's brilliant. Look, I've spoken to a couple of your biggest fans in preparation for our chat. Firstly, I spoke to Gary Megan, who is one of the country's best known chefs. He was a judge on your season. He's turning up on Channel 7 next week on Plate of Origin. He says that when you turned up on the show, you knew exactly what you wanted to do afterwards, which actually coined a phrase for him, which he still uses to this day, which is plan going in like Matt Sinclair. (laughs) So you've become the poster boy for preparation and knowing what you want to do after MasterChef. What were you hoping to achieve once filming wrapped? I've, for as long as I can remember, um, throughout my whole working life, um, since I what, I've had my first job in a deli when I was 13, um, I've always wanted to have my own business. Uh, it's just I've I've always wanted to have the, uh, the, the, the freedom to, to make my own decisions and to um, have that, that creative freedom to, to execute my own ideas, um, but also be responsible for, for how that business runs. And, um, you know, I always used to look at uh, the small business owners and, and my bosses throughout my career. And, and that it, in all honesty, it, they all inspired me to want to wanna, um, have that for myself and, and for my family. Um, so going into MasterChef, I think one of the biggest um, traps that people can fall into or the idea is that, you know, you go into a reality TV show essentially um, and then everything will just take care of itself, which is just really not the case at all. Um, I did have a pretty good uh, mind map of, of how I wanted things to um, move forward after leaving the show and, and I guess where we're sitting now is kind of the, um, the pinnacle of that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's taken a, a lot of hard work and, and uh, many years to get here. Um, but that was, that was the goal. Um, and yeah, so I guess if Gaz is saying 
if you're, you're going to go into a competition or go, go into a um, take on an opportunity like that, then yeah, you've got to have a serious format and um, strategies in place. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. After the show, you did have lots of opportunities open up. I would say that there's a couple of reasons that is. You were so lovable on the show. You wore your heart on your sleeve and and the country really fell in love with who you were, which makes a huge difference because there's plenty of other people on there, but few make a mark like that. But you did also have a plan and you really had a clear vision and you and you made that known throughout your season, what you were hoping to do. So when these opportunities come along, we've seen you do things like be an ambassador for Tourism Queensland and you've travelled our state and cooked in amazing places. You've cooked for celebrities at private dinners, things like that. Were you prepared for those experiences? Maybe you just thought you'd have your own business, but you've had these incredible opportunities. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of uh, extracurricular opportunities that have, that have come with it, um, which even to this day, sometimes it's, it, you've really got to stand back and, and just sort of process it because it can, um, uh, as exciting as it can be, it can certainly, uh, I guess, freak you out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's... it's um, nice to do. Uh, going cooking over in India, that was, a, <laughs> that was an experience. Um, we, we cooked in two separate locations. The first one you know, it was this enormous hotel with the kitchen we were in. We struggled to find a stainless steel bowl. So it was just like the, the most basic uh, setup and, and trying to, it was actually for BMW India. Um, just dealing with the chaos, dealing with um, the uh, the line of, yes, yes, it's on its way. Yes, it's like, where are all my ingredients? Like, how is this? What What is this? It was just like, it was like faulty towers. Um <laughs> So that was, you know, we did a couple of those dinners over there and it was, yeah, an amazing experience and, and we got some downtime outside of India. But yeah, the kind of just having to wing it and uh, stand back and go, well, this is where we are and this is what's happening. Uh, let's get into it. Yeah, that was probably the, the strangest. Were you just cooking for like clients of BMW? They were, it was, um, yeah, uh, corporate partners of, of people that own dealerships over there and they're like the master chef following in India is just huge, phenomenal. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was pretty pretty intense, um, but definitely that gets notched up as one of the one of the greatest experiences. Also, when you finished the show, you took a little bit of time, but you eventually launched your own restaurant where we're sitting, some young guys, and that was three years ago. You chose this location, which has actually been a failure <laughs> three times for other restaurants before you decided to take it on there must have been an extraordinary amount of pressure on you choosing this venue and deciding to take that leap yeah we uh it it was one of those moments though you know it's like if you uh walk into um uh, view a house or you go to you know look at cars you you sort of as soon as you see the one that you're like yep this feels right we walked into the building um the the structure and everything was very different to what else was on offer in town and yes it had been a little bit of a graveyard for for restaurants before us um but we really believed and backed ourselves with what we were going to do and we were going to i guess slightly change the landscape as to what um sort of food had been cooked in noosa previously um you know when we first got here the courtyard was it was like the scene out of Jumanji, it was just like overgrown. There was, there was just rubbish everywhere. There was, uh, we're pretty confident that people before us had just been locked out. 
because there was still like things in the fryer and yeah, very interesting. So there, it was a, a lot of uh, elbow grease to, to do a big deep clean and to get it, get it reset. Um, but yeah, I mean, what we were able to turn it into, it's, it's got the personality of the four boys in here. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be sad to leave, but you know, exciting times ahead. You mentioned the four boys, very few people would go into business with their friends. It's one of those pieces of advice that a lot of people give you. I think Gary himself even said to you, don't do it. Don't go into business with your friends. But he's also openly said, you have proved him wrong 100%. What has your experience been like being in business with your friends? People, yeah, people thought we were mad. Uh, and I think it, like each one of the boys was getting it from their family and, and their other friends being like, what are you doing? Like this is, it's just psychotic. Um, in all honesty, like I, I said to people, everyone thought it was going to be our greatest downfall. It's, it's been our greatest strength. Um, we, we really do uh, understand each other. And, and don't get me wrong, there's, there's been moments and days where it's been, you know, uh, quite intense um, but we've just had to learn that it's, it's got to be totally transparent. Um, if there's an issue, it's like right in the group chat meeting, let's all get together and, and work through it. Um, and then at the end of the day, we just somehow managed to massage out everyone's opinions and what everyone's you know, looking for um, and find the common ground because we know at the end of the day, it's all for the greater good. It's about making this business um, you know, strong enough to withstand the next couple of decades. Um, and, and move forward, um, still loving what we do and, and working as a team. What are the actual nuts and bolts involved in four people <laughs> mutually owning and running a business? How do you split up your roles? <laughs> to, to this day, we don't really have like job descriptions. In all honesty, I think we all just we've all just figured out the ebb and flow of what needs to be done, um, and it, and it happens organically and. Um, you know, if there's pressing issues that need to be taken care of, it's whoever can put it on their plate and do it. And, um, you know, there's certain guys that deal with certain suppliers and those sorts of things and have those relationships to maintain, um, you know, and who, who pays the bills and who does the, um, the, the payroll and all that sort of stuff. They're, they're all locked in. Um, but yeah, it's just this, I don't know, it's very hard to explain. And this is why a lot of people just, they just don't get it. Like, how is this working? Scratching their heads. Um, but yeah, we, we make an, uh, an incredibly solid team. Since that day of opening in 2017, you have been packed. Obviously, there's always a lot of hype when a new restaurant opens. Yep. And having your face behind it would have definitely generated some anticipation and excitement in this community. But even just in the southeast corner, I think a lot of people are yep. willing to drive from Brisbane to come and experience your food. It is always a challenge getting a booking here, which I'm sure many people give you a bit of a hard time about. Uh, In the words of Gary, he described that as super success, knowing that this area had been a failure in the past, knowing that there was so much anticipation, but then that initial wave could easily fall away. So not just ordinary success, super success. How does that make you feel? Ah. Yeah, it, look, anyone that's ever been in the restaurant game will understand that it's not an easy, uh, it's, it's not an easy slog. Um, so, so to be in that, that position to, um, to have that demand for bookings constantly, and when we have had it for over three years now, um, I think if anything that just makes us switch on uh, just that little bit more to make sure that we're maintaining 
what we've been delivering for the past three years. How do we, how do we continue to reinvent ourselves and, and get better and offer fresh ideas whilst at the same time not losing sight and not losing touch with the whole reason why we started this place and not getting ahead of ourselves. Um, you know, people have asked us uh, countless times, um, when are you going to open another one? When are you going to put one in Brisbane? When are you going to... And it, we've always just said when we're never going to spread ourselves too thin um, because it's, uh, it's such a fragile formula um, that if you were to sort of push it too far, then it, it could come crashing down. And you've seen it happen with, with restaurants that go big and they go chain style. Um, it loses the heart and soul. So uh, I think we sort of owe it to ourselves and all of the people that have backed us from day one to just continue on that path. So on a personal level, are you able to define success for yourself? On a personal level for success, um, I think I think that feeling in all honesty comes and goes because uh, I don't think that feeling is permanent because you sort of have to take the good with the bad. And I think it's success is when you can have those moments where you're nailing the balance between your personal and your professional and your um, you know, the social aspects of your life, your health. Um, when you, when you have those small glimpses, when all of that is in sync, then that's when you're, you, you know, that to me, that is success. And you see these superhumans out there, um, that operate on these incredibly high levels and manage to, to keep all that together. You know, I think the hardest part is, um, people look on your Instagram account and they think that it's just this glossy road to success day in day out which you know we all know that's not the case um professionally i think the biggest thing for me was as i said before to be able to have the freedom to make my own decisions and take control of my future um and how we build that life together as a family um and with the four of us boys um you know so uh yeah it's it's a very difficult thing to define it's a never-ending thing, you know. You've got to you've got to maintain it. Um, there's so many moving parts in in life in general. Um, so to be able to tie them together and get them in sync, when you do have those fortunate moments, and yeah, that's to me, that's that's where it counts. I couldn't agree more because I feel like you can have glimpses of success in your life, but yeah, perhaps it doesn't last. Exactly, <laughs> so. and I think the dangerous thing is to try to cling on to it and then get frustrated when it's not there. Um, it doesn't mean that it's gone away. It's just you know things change, things move. Um, and it's, yeah, you've just got to try and keep up with it and, and manage it and juggle it. Um, and it's, yeah, like you see like parents out there just juggling multiple children and they're still working and, um, and, and you know, being able to keep all that together. That's, uh, people think that I'm busy with, with what I do. And I'm like, oh man, I don't think I could tackle that. So, um, yeah, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, um, yeah. You've touched on family a bit and I hear that your beautiful wife, Jess, and your son, Spencer, are a huge ingredient to your success. And you're saying that having your family life is a big part of what brings you joy. Jess has encouraged you to take this ride wholeheartedly from what I've heard. She's really held the fort at home so that you yeah. can really push forward with all these opportunities. And your son Spencer reminds you to stop and enjoy the simple things because you're obviously a bit of an energizer bunny, so it might take a bit to get you to <laughs> chill out. How important is family? Oh, it's the key. It's that multifaceted thing where it's like it, it, it surges me on to want to push as hard as possible and to, to really make moves and make things happen. But at the end of the day, then it's like okay, you know, you've got to wind it back and, 
it, it is hard when you when you go on that um, you, you you go on this ride that has been the last five years and it's been nonstop and it's been high energy and, and fast moving compared to, you know, just working in a coffee shop and plodding along and um, spending our afternoons down at the dog beach and things like that. Like a lot has changed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the absolute key in um, wanting me to strive for more, but at the same time being trying to be mindful to, to stop and, uh, and, and enjoy it um, and spend time with them. And because really at the end of the day, like, it is the most important thing um, and it is very easy to get caught up in the hype um, and the, oh, I'm so busy and this is great and we've achieved this and the restaurant's doing that. But yeah, at the end of the day, if that could all go away tomorrow um, and family's still intact, well, that's a win. Couldn't agree more. I've asked a couple of your friends and family to describe you in three words. <laughs> it's something I love to do to get a bit of an insight from third parties about how people see you. So firstly, I'll start with Gary. Yep. Gary said his three words were heart, passion and drive. We've already talked a lot about your passion and your drive. So I want to focus on heart. <laughs> he says you're a big softy, <laughs> very sensitive. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would you say that those qualities make you more successful though? <sighs> As a bloke, they sound very emasculating. I, I understand. I, but. I, I am a massive, massive softy. I'm a shocker. Um, but yeah, I, th I think at the same time, like, I, I guess so because I do f tend to think of the more um, emotional side of things, uh, how the people around me are being affected by my decisions um, and, and really sort of, I think that's probably one of the biggest driver for my decisions. Um, and also how I reflect on my decisions and how I, you know, whether I, I change them moving forward um, and, and assess them. So I think, yeah, the, the self-reflection side of it um, and in terms of me being a big softy has probably got a little bit to do with, um, yeah, with how things have panned out and, um, and how we will continue to move forward. Matt Preston's another person that I've had a chat with. <laughs> <laughs> another judge from your season on MasterChef. He said, you're a top bloke, honest, and a bit of a dag. <laughs> you, <laughs> what do you think he means by a bit of a dag? So we, we have this, um, we have this like running joke between uh, myself and Matt Preston. And, you know, you would think me being someone in the um, food industry um, that I only like the, the finer things, but I'll never forget the day I told Matt Preston I love supermarket Tom Marty's. <laughs> and he was just like, that is foul and you should be ashamed of yourself. Um, and I'll just send him little random things here and there about like other like supermarket sushi and things like that. And I'm like, how good is this? And he's just like, not impressed by it at all. Um, so it's a bit not, of an ongoing joke. It's an ongoing joke. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a good man. He is a good man. Your sister, Rachel, is someone I've also been in touch with. Rachel was very insightful when it came <laughs> to you. She's one of your biggest supporters. And we talked at length about your strengths and the qualities that have made you so successful. But in picking sort of three key traits to describe you, she called you determined, said you had a heart of gold and you're a risk taker. So I do feel like, again, we've sort of talked a bit about your determination and, and your heart. So I want to focus on risk taking because she says that most people wouldn't dream of taking the risks that you do and that it's a really admirable trait. For someone who was thinking about, say, starting a business, auditioning for a reality TV show, 
um, starting a new career, what would be your advice? Where do you find the courage to take risks that to other people might seem like stupid decisions? <laughs> I, I am, de- yeah, I'm uh, an ultimate risk taker. I'm, I'm very much all about going, you've got nothing to lose. Um, and I think it was the, the biggest thing for me about making the, the decision to go on MasterChef was if I didn't do it, I would look back for the rest of my life and it would, it would just eat away at me and bother me. Um, if, if anyone is out there and, and you're presented with an opportunity, um, I, I actually read, an, I like quotes. So I read an amazing quote uh, a couple of days ago and it said, if you're, if you're given, um, given the opportunity to, like, to try something new and crazy and you don't know, say yes and figure it out along the way. Um, because you just, you, you never know where it's going to end up. And, yeah, crazy opportunities don't come across every day. But is, if you're open to it, um, it's, it's exciting. That's what we're here to do. It's, it's here to take risks and to challenge ourselves and to evolve and break the mold, um, step outside of the comfort zone and just throw it into the wind and see what can happen. Because um, like, you can tell how I'm just talking about it now. I love it. And, and, and trust me, there's been wins and, and losses. Um, but it's just, for me, it's all part of the ride. And the background to that story is you apparently needed a fair bit of coaxing to go on MasterChef. You didn't think you had what it took to kind of go on the show. Rach said you used to go to her house and she'd give you a mystery box. Yep. (laughs) So you could have a crack at cooking whatever they threw at you. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, Because deep down I knew I was, well, I I thought within myself I am passionate about food and I'm pretty handy in the kitchen, but my biggest fear was going on national TV and being told by Matt, Gary and George, you can't cook, mate. I just couldn't come to terms with that. Like, no, I couldn't get my head around it. And then, um, yeah, as I said, I knew it would just, it would eat away. And then I just had to have that, that moment and, and uh, with the support of friends and family going, you, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just get on there and do what you do. Um, and I'll never forget hitting submit on the, uh, on the application form. I was like, that felt good. How amazing. Yeah. That it felt good. Yeah. Well, I, I had a lot of fear to overcome to get to that point. And I think since having done that, uh, it's kind of set the, um, set the, uh, the blueprint for how, how I make decisions now. Like if something like that comes up now, it might, it might be a, a, a um, you know, not the best way to go about it. And I can sometimes put the cart before the horse. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I've seen what can happen if you take a chance. Uh, and, you know, so if they keep coming up, I'm going to keep taking them. Amazingly, Rach says you are destined for success. She says you've got an incredible palate, which is a real natural gift. She said you can get him to taste anything and you'll know what's missing or maybe what it'd pair well with, which like not everyone has. So you were probably bound to do really well. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I, you know, it's a, I'm not... I wouldn't feel comfortable to sit here and be like, yeah, I've got a good palate. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I, think I have a, a deep understanding of, of food on, on so many different levels and an appreciation for it. Um, and I have the, the curiosity to like, I'm always trialing something different. I'm always wanting to get like move to a different cuisine and do something I've never done before and taste it to, to again, just deepen that understanding uh, for, for everything that's out there. Because I've said it so many times, for me, the exciting thing about food is I'm never going to know it all. Never, ever. It's endless. Um, but that's, 
that's you know why I love it. That's it's always something to chase, always something to learn, um, and and always room to grow. Speaking of your risk taking, COVID has obviously brought so many challenges to everyone during 2020. Some young guys was no exception. You had to close your doors for a period of time. You reopened and like everyone else, you've got to make sure you're following a COVID safe plan. People are socially distanced while they're in your restaurant. But on top of all of that, you and the team have taken a huge risk (laughs) and you've bought a brand new venue. So in 2021, you're moving. We are. Which is like no one's investing in this current climate and you guys were like, let's buy a new venue. Let's move somewhere. (laughs) Jeez, you set that up well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something that we've aimed for from day one. That was always the game plan. Um, we're coming to the, we will be coming to the end of our lease here. Um, the opportunity was there. The space is right for us. The location's good. It just, it was ticking so many boxes. Um, and we're now at that phase in our life cycle where we want to just take more control of our future. Um, and we're in a position to do so. And um, it, everything just lined up. We didn't exactly want to sign up for another four years and be locked in and, and miss out on that space. Um, so with uh, the help of a good sort of strategic team around us, um, they were able to sew it all up and away we go. So I could, I could not think of a better way to start 2021. I think it um, goes without saying 2020 is something pretty everyone's rubbish. pretty happy to, <laughs> <laughs> to race. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be a, a, a really good energy for us to start the new year in. Uh, exciting new space, uh, some great menu ideas. And, um, yeah, the, the kickoff to what will be Some Young Guys Forever Home uh, is, is amazing. Forever Home, you think? Oh, yeah. So can yep. you tell us any more? Is it any bigger? Will it, it be easier to get a book it, <laughs> it is bigger. So it's about, it's about 150 square metres bigger than where we are now. <clears throat> but the whole idea about taking on a bigger space was not essentially to put more seats in. Uh, I think there's, there's been some things lacking in our dining room. We want to have a nice big bar lounge area uh, and, and have the, the, uh, the capacity to, to put those things in, to make it a little bit more comfortable for people, uh, put some bigger tables in, spread them out and, and have a bit more fun with the dining room. So uh, it's not, it, for us, it was never about cramming more people in and doing more numbers. It was about having it exactly how we've always wanted it. Um, and being able to make it as as, uh, as great an experience for everyone as possible. So that's the plan. Looking forward to it. Well, in the words of Matt Preston, he says, the Sunny Coast community love you because it's like watching a local lad done good coming home and moving into your forever home for some young guys couldn't be more apt. Let's hope the success continues in the years to come. We will be cheering you on. Matt, thank you so much for spending 30 minutes with me. Good luck for 2021. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Loved it.